Morning prayer starts on page four. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Continuing on page seven. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 95 on page 459 for the Venite. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved for this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 49 is on page 400. Well, hear ye this, all ye people. Ponder it with your ears, all ye that dwell in the world. I am low, rich and poor, one with another. My mouth shall speak of wisdom, and my heart shall muse of understanding. I will incline mine ear to the parable, and show my dark speech upon the harp. Wherefore should I fear in the days of evil, when wickedness at my heels compass me round about? There be some that put their trust in their goods, and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches. But no man may deliver his brother, nor give a ransom unto God for him. For it costs more to redeem their souls, so that he must let that alone forever. And he shall live alway, and not see the grave. For he seeth that wise men also die and perish together, as well as the ignorant and foolish, and leave their riches for another. And yet they think that their houses shall continue forever, and that their dwelling places shall endure from one generation to another, and call the lands after their own names. Nevertheless, man being in honor abideth not, seeing he may be compared unto the beasts that perish. This their way is very foolishness, yet their posterity praise, the, praise their saying. They lie in the grave like sheep, Death is their shepherd, and the righteous shall have dominion over them in the morning. Their beauty shall consume in the sepulchre, and have no abiding. But God hath delivered my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. Be not thou afraid, though one be made rich, or if the glory of his house be increased. 
for he shall carry nothing away with him when he dieth, neither shall his pomp follow him. For while he lived, he counted himself an happy man, and so long as thou doest well unto thyself, men will speak good of thee. Shall follow the generation of his fathers, and shall never see light. Man that is in honor, but hath no understanding, is compared unto the beasts that perish. Be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the eighteenth chapter of the first book of Kings. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab, and there was a severe famine in Samaria. And Ahab had called Obadiah, who was in charge of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. For so it was, while Jezebel massacred the priests, the prophets of the Lord, that Obadiah had taken one hundred prophets and hidden them, fifty to a cave, and had fed them with bread and water. And Ahab had said to Obadiah, Go into the land, to all the springs of water, and to all the brooks. Perhaps we may find grass to keep the horses and mules alive, so that we will not have to kill any livestock. So they divided the land between them to explore it. Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. Now as Obadiah was on his way, suddenly Elijah met him, and he recognized him, and fell on his face and said, Is that you, my lord Elijah? And he answered him, It is I. Go tell your master Elijah is here. So he said, How have I sinned that you are delivering your servant into the hand of Ahab to kill me? As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my master has not sent someone to hunt for you. And when they said he is not here, he took an oath from the kingdom or nation that they should that they could not find you. And now you say, Go tell your master Elijah is here. And it shall come to pass, as soon as I am gone from you, that the Spirit of the Lord will carry you to a place I do not know. So when I go and tell Ahab, and he cannot find you, he will kill me. But I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. Was it not reported to my Lord that I did what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord, how I hid one hundred men of the Lord's prophets, fifty to a cave, and fed them with bread and water? And now you say, Go tell your master Elijah is here. He will kill me. Then Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts lives, before whom I stand, I will surely present myself to him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab, and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Then it happened, when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said to himself, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and have followed the Baals. Now therefore send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal, and the four hundred prophets of Asherah, who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel, and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah 
came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are four hundred and fifty men. Therefore let them give us two bulls, and let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bull, and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So the people answered and said, It is well spoken. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one bull for yourselves, and prepare it first, for you are many, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given them, and they prepared it, and called on the name of Baal from morning even till noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, no one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is meditating, or he is busy, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is sleeping and must be awakened. So they cried aloud and cut themselves, as was their custom, with knives and lances, until the blood gushed out of them. And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, <clears throat> Come near to me. So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seahs of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood, and said, Fill four water pots with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time, and he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar, and he also filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that these people may know that you are the Lord God, and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and executed them there. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, 
for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down to the ground and put his face between his knees, and he said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot, and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins, and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Here endeth the first lesson. Together, Benedictus says on page 11, Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubims. Praise and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom. Praise and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven. Praise and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Here beginneth the fourteenth verse of the second chapter of the Epistle of St. James. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But if someone will say, You have faith, and I have works, show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works, and not by faith alone. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Here endeth the second lesson. Together, the first four stanzas of Benedictus and page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, 
as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Lord, we beseech thee, grant thy people grace to withstand the temptations of the world, the flesh, and the devil, and with pure hearts and minds to follow thee, the only God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom stand our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us thy humble servants in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O, o Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning. Uh, we have a, yesterday we mentioned a theme, that the theme of uh, the Old Testament is God versus paganism. And this theme continues in our readings today, but we have a sub-theme today, and, and the sub-theme is choice, and we choose between God and paganism. So we have to choose between God uh, of heaven or the culture and the temporal and the worldly. And so Psalm 49 speaks uh, about the folly of trying to hold on to the temporal. Um, one of my favorite verses there, there be some that put their trust in goods and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches. And right behind that is none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give God a ransom for himself or ransom for him. And uh, the only way you're going to get a ransom or before God is God will redeem my soul in verse 15 from the power of the grave for he shall receive me and hang on to goods and riches and others turn to God. And so we see that choice in Psalm 49. And then in Kings, this is a great chapter. It's got so much, and don't worry, I won't take that long on it. 
But we see uh, Obadiah, the servant of the Lord, and Elijah, um, the prophet of the Lord. And then we see another character, Ahab, the, the evil king. And there was a famine in the land, and the famine was uh, given, was there to give Ahab an opportunity to repent. And, of course, if the king repented, the, the people would repent along with him. And so uh, Elijah told him that he was the um, the reason for the the, the famine, and, and he needed to repent. And it was interesting to me, there's so much evidence that God is God and that Baal is, is a piece of wood or a, or a statue that they made. And uh, Obadiah comes, and one of the evidences that it's uh, Elijah is filled with the Spirit of God, and he and he says, "I'm not going to go tell um, Ahab that you're here, because as soon as I tell him you're here, the Spirit of God will lift you and carry you." So they're aware of the fact that Elijah has um, the Spirit of God, and that God works miracles through them. And another miracle in their sight, of course, is the challenge to the prophets of Baal about whose God will bring fire, and uh, kind of a humorous, but uh, maybe a little earthy kind of thing in the in the some of the uh, translations of that passage uh, elijah asks them and mocks them and says, and says oh, where is your god is he meditating or is he busy and some of the older translations translations say has he gone aside which indicates is uh, it's like elijah asking has he had to go use the bathroom and uh, so he just mocks uh, Baal all over the place. And we wouldn't even think of a mocking God like that. It would make us so nervous. But it's a, it's a good uh, lesson there that, that Baal is nothing. He's a piece of wood and um, that, that man has made. And so Baal does nothing. And we mentioned yesterday that Baal was supposed to be able to bring crops and bring water and, and bring, you know, bring people back from the dead. And Elijah proved that, no, it's the God of Israel that does that. So the fire of the Lord consumed uh, the sacrifice and the prophets of Baal. Uh, we'll find out what happens to them and, um, and then how Elijah reacts. But when the people saw it, they fell on their face and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And so um, it kind of shows us that the people are always jumping between two opinions. It's like the, this is their sin. They, they try to incorporate the worship of God into the local cultural worship and the worship uh, of worldly things. And this just can't be done. And that's the message. You choose between the two things. And a couple of things I want to point out real, uh, briefly was the longer we live in sin, the harder it becomes to let go of that sin. Because it, that, as the Bible says, it gets a hold of us. God surrenders us to this sin. So um, we want to make a change there as soon as we can. And the second thing is there's absolutely no way to balance worship of God with, with uh, uh, fealty or, or love of worldly things. It's just you can't. You choose God or you choose worldly things. And I remember, of course, Joshua offered this challenge to the people when he told them, choose this day whom you will serve. And he talked about the gods of the rivers and the culture. And he says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so this is a t decision that we make, and we also need to review it and refresh it. So a uh, little couple of remarks on James. I have an old analogy. A man runs with a wheelbarrow on a tightrope across a, um, a waterfall that plunges hundreds of feet, you know, maybe like Niagara Falls. And everybody's yelling because he first asks, you think I can do it? And they said, yeah, and he runs across. And the man says, do you believe I can do this with a person in the wheelbarrow? And they all yell, yeah, 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 you could do it. And he said, who will, do it? Who will get in the wheelbarrow? And so James talks about, we have read that the fruits of the Spirit or evidence that the Holy Spirit is presence within us. So, um, again, works are the fruit of faith. 
And how we see faith and how we see who has faith is by who they are. And uh, Jesus talked about, uh, you know, the, the gave the example of trees that didn't give good fruit, and he actually withered the fig tree. Fig tree. So um, where our football coach used to say, wherever your head goes, your body goes. And so if our soul is with God, then, then our acts are going to be full of the Spirit. And since the people of Israel were God's people and were subject to this temptation of falling into the culture, um, we, even with the presence of a Holy Spirit, have proven ourselves to be subject to this temptation too. So as Christians, I think it's a relationship we call the examine, and that's what we prayerfully reflect on our lives as Christians. We face our shortcomings, and we ask for assistance of the Holy Spirit in overcoming those shortcomings and to let go of the things that keep us from faith. Then we can get in the wheelbarrow. So let's conclude and go back to um, Prayer for All Conditions of Men on page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving help unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, hold the faith and unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate, especially those for whom our prayers are being made at this time. And we also hold up uh, our representatives to the G3 Synod in Florida as they travel. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Of course, we couldn't do this without Keith and Robert sharing with us, and we couldn't do this without all of us being here and uh, worshiping together. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Man in the ship. Everybody. Deacon. Thank you so much.